Hello once again, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Dan K Show presents Junior Hockey, the best hockey podcast in all the land. And it's not just because of myself and our host who we'll introduce in a second, but it's because of the people we have on the show. We have some true gems for you this week, but I don't want to take my co-host's job. I don't want to rob him of his special opportunity because there's one thing this man loves. It's talking about our guests. So I'd like to introduce Dan Kay. Dan, how you doing? Lucas, I am more excited this week than I have been about any show this year. These are two of the OGs, as you say. You know, I, I feel like I get older every year, but these are two guys that they play with a youthful exuberance on the ice. They play, it's left hand, right hand with these two guys. They, they've played all the way through the junior ranks together. They have now moved on to the college ranks and, you know, just featured like, uh, this squad is featured on Sports Center, you know, during this whole quarantine, talking about the 20-game win streak to end the season. These guys don't lose games. These guys don't stop scoring pucks. They're point. They're just absolute point getters. And it is the Wizard of Oz and the Monk Man, as we call them when they're in the junior hockey ranks. Brandon Osmondson, John Monkovich, former Hampton Roads Whalers teammates, back to back ring wears at the premier level to end the career there, then move on to Utica. And, you know, I said it at the beginning of the year, and people looked at me funny. I told them, watch out for this squad. Watch out for these two. Watch out for Utica to lift the lift the darn championship this year. And if they allowed them to play all the way through, they would have done it. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Doing good. How are you? I Look at how good they are already. Already, they didn't step on each other. I set them up terribly, unprofessionally, <laughs> by throwing the two people on an audio podcast, and they still timed it up. The assist and the score from the eye. <laughs> I know. I was waiting there for a second. I didn't want to. I didn't want to uh, pick up Monk's thing too. So I was like, kind of hoping for a second he wasn't going to say something as I did. So you know, <laughs> it was I guess. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Now, Lucas, before we get into talking to these two gentlemen and get into the free skate, we're going to go to pay those bills, keep the lights on. You'll start it off. What's your beer this week for today's episode? Well, Dan, uh, you know, last week when we, we talked to the University of Kentucky, the University of Louisville, I reviewed a beer from Against the Grain because I wanted to go down to that area. Now, I've got more Against the Grain beer, but I didn't want to do two of those at once. But I stayed with a little bit of a theme here. I've got a beer from Manafurkin Brewing in Manahawka, New Jersey, where I called home for a long time. And Dan called home, sort of, only when he had to be on my Little League team and we had to fudge his address. But this is a Whiskey Storm Sour. It is barrel-aged in Laird's Applejack Barrels. The inspiration for this is the classic drink, the Whiskey Sour. So they've gone for those flavors. Um, it's really, really good. The, the Dad's Hat Rye Barrel as well as the Applejack barrel, kind of adds something to it. Um, so the barrel character definitely comes through. It is sour for sure. You can taste some tart cherries. There's a lot of fruitiness happening. The nice thing about this beer is that it's only about 5.5% alcohol. So in terms of being able to drink the whole thing on a Sunday afternoon, you can. It's got the flavor. It's not overwhelming. It's got a good kick to it, not a ton of alcohol. This is a really, really crushable whiskey sour. I think I think with the sour, with the lemon, uh, you could definitely have it. Uh, it definitely feels like an on-the-porch, middle-of-summer kind of a beer. 
Um, but I also feel like that because of the fruity flavors, it could go really well um, with a lighter dessert, like a like a, a summery dessert, like either something with fruit on it or uh, you know, like just just kind of kind of something light. I have a very like backyard porch patio type of feel with this beer. I'm a huge fan of this beer. I'm glad I made the trip down to Manahawk and to go grab it. Lucas, give it a score. Well, this is a huge departure from last week's beer. Last week's beer was big flavors, big alcohol. This week, it's got big flavors, but it's on a different spectrum. It's not too sour, which I really like. It's very, very balanced, really good beer. It's still hovering around a nine, a little bit underneath, I'd say, because it could use more of a whiskey bite. I would give it an 8.7. I'm not sure if my scores are skewed or if I'm just good at picking beers that I think I'll like, but that's where it is. I mean, rookie scores out the wazoo for Lucas Jones here yet again. <laughs> I mean, the guy scores on a scale of 8.8 .8 to uh, 10.1, which is not a real scale. you got to control that thing. Now let's, let's get into my side of things, and I promise, I promise Mr. Osmondson here a surprise review, and this is actually a gift. It was a gift for the family. The painting was a gift, Todd. I'm keeping it. No, but this was actually a gift from the Osmondson family here to Lucas and myself. I stole it, obviously, and kept it for myself here. It's worked well in quarantine. And this is actually an espresso shot rum from Grind. It was finally crafted using Arabica coffee beans. And this is an espresso shot rum I will be trying today. Normally, I run on coffee. You know, during quarantine, I don't need as much energy, and I don't think I ever need caffeine. I could probably run through a wall without it. But we're going to try this out right now. One sip, everyone knows the rules. This will be my fourth of the podcast. Oh, that's good. That is good. That is that's chocolatey. That yes. is that is coffee. That is that's like drinking a chocolate milk that can keep you warm through the winter. I would I would take this over a cup of Joe any day. <laughs> this I'm going to go to the Lucas Jones scale of things. I'm going to give this an 11.9. Wow. <laughs> That's, that's, that's wow. Yeah, I think I think that that's a shot score right there from the Osmondson fam, family there. Oh, I love this. I love this. And now now it's time to let's get in the hockey. Let's get in the hockey. Let's get this thing started up. We're going to start with what we call the free skate. It's where we just kind of talk about life, talk about careers, talk about stories. And gentlemen, the first story I want to talk about with the two of you is that the first chance we got to see you guys play live up in Massachusetts. You had recently won a Dan K. Show giveaway, which I believe was a signed autographed picture by myself of baby Ken Griffey Jr. Um, and you, you guys were getting ready for a game. And it's the first time we saw you guys take the ice together. Can you guys talk a little bit about how you found the Dan K. Show at the start of this all? And, and maybe I'll, I'll go to go to John first. How did you guys find the Dan K. Show? What, what, what drew you guys to us at the beginning? Uh, well, I found you guys really through the social media of USPHL and well, like when I say I more so like B and I together and his dad his dad was a huge part of that too uh, <laughs> well, and you, you've got a bird clock from us as well oh yeah clock. that thing he has it hung up he that thing that tweets every hour <laughs> I mean I've actually I got to educate myself a little bit on what a, you know what each bird makes now kind of kind of educate myself a little bit off of it I had to rip the batteries out of mine. I have a, I have one here, and, and I had to I had to take the batteries out. I said, no more chirping. I can't do it anymore. But I'm glad to hear that one still lives on somewhere. <laughs> but now we talk a little bit about you guys' career. Obviously, you guys have played together forever. Can Can you kind of talk about 
Was it an easy decision for you guys to stay together throughout your junior hockey career to continue to be team, teammates? It, obviously, it seems there's a good rapport between the two. Brandon, can you talk a little about playing with John and what's that? What's your guys' relationship like there? Well, so, I mean, we actually we played on a tournament team down in um, Carolina for the – have you heard of, like, the Quebec International tournament? Yes. Like, yeah. So we came from, like – I was up in Virginia. He was down in Wilmington, and we both just happened – you know, to go on the team, we ended up making it together. So, you know, we we met each other through there as we played the tournament. We ended up doing really well in the tournament. We won our, uh, we were in the third out of the fourth bracket. So we ended up winning that bracket. So we kind of, we all we shared the trophy right away when we were younger. And then, obviously, when it became junior time, I was moving up to junior side, so played um, Whalers in the youth, like the, always, just growing up. And me and my dad were just talking one day, and we we're like, you know what, like. Mark was, he came up for, we were playing U16 and we had to, we played against each other. He was in Wilmington and he came up for a tournament. And he ended up beating us. The team smoked us pretty good that weekend. We didn't, we didn't get too hot, but we ended up, you know, he got scouted by Jonesy, Brad Jones, and uh, we decided we had like a tournament team to go up on, like, I want to say April or May. So we got the, the spring showcase. There. Yeah, the spring showcase for USPHL. And we brought him up, he skated, and then we played tryouts, and we kind of clicked uh, during that um, showcase just because we knew each other. And then ever since then, you know, he came and we played our first year juniors together, and we just – it's kind of like we just kind of stayed with each other kind of wherever we went. You know, it's always kind of worked out, so. And now okay. we've made a lot of good memories too, which is, you know. And, and that's what we've always heard about. I mean, we, we obviously talk to Jonesy all the time, talk to talk to Mr. Cavanaugh out there when you guys were playing for uh, – Rocket Rod Taylor when he was behind the century. We and we love all the stories of everything. And I think my favorite my favorite tale and, and I, I told before on the Dan K show is about your two your careers. I remember your last junior game there when you were about to beat the Metro Jets. And coach put you on the ice a little bit early there for your final shift and, and made you guys skate it out to the very end. At one point I saw I saw both of you kind of give a look to the bench, like, are we able to hop back over? The game was not in doubt. It was over. But Coach waved you out and said, you're staying out there. You're seeing it all the way through. Can you guys talk a little about those last waning seconds? John, I'll start with you. The last waning seconds of that game against the Metro Jets that closed out your career and, and kind of the thoughts that were going through your mind as that thing closed out. Uh, well, that last shift was a, it was the long one for sure. Um, Coach really set us up for that. That was really awesome of him. But uh, – yeah, it was it was just it was pure joy, you know. Um, it was just we were all so happy for every for all the guys. All we had, you know, we had like thirteen or fourteen ninety eight. So it was just it was very important for those guys to you know leave the way they did. And it was, yeah, it was just it was awesome. And they were they were in our zone. We were just dipping it out at that point. So they were in our zone for a little bit. So it was kind of stressful. Um, so we, I kind of got to figure that out and get it out of the zone next time. But yeah, no, it was it was a really really good experience and a really fun uh really fun memory that i'm gonna cherish forever so uh, brandon i expect that you were pretty locked in at that time but did you guys hear on the ice the lucas chance coming from the elite squad as you started to close out that championship win when lucas yet again picked against the wizard of osmondson and the Monkman and the hampton roads whalers yet again picked against you guys picked the metro jets and did you hear that the chance from the crowd razzing lucas in the uh in the broadcast booth 
Oh, I, I think I definitely did a little bit. I mean, kind of what? You deserved it, right? What'd you? I think you picked against us every time. Yeah, Lucas is 0-2. I just can't. <laughs> I, think, I think I might be 0 for a lifetime uh, yeah, in that yeah. regard. I mean, he also picked against you in a, in a home opener. He picked against you guys in a couple showcase games. He's picked against you guys every time out. And and never once did you guys lose. And, and the moment I, I knew Lucas was making a pick, I'd go to the Hampton Roadside every time. I, he just he was setting up for me, and it was magic in the Hamptons for you. We we talked about before we jump into kind of the Q and A about Utica College. The last question I'll ask you here is "Magic in the Hamptons." I, I know you guys that was kind of your go-to song when you were playing out there. Can you? I don't know who, which one of you wants to feel this, but where did that song come from? How did that start up for you guys? Yeah, you take that. Uh, um, honestly, I want to say we were hanging out because we would all come down in the summer really early because we have a like a summer training program for six weeks. So we all kind of come down there in the mid middle of July, you know, in the middle of July in Virginia Beach. You obviously you're going going to the beach, you're going to the lake, whatever you whatever you're gonna do, and you're always hanging out. And I think we just we heard it come on someone's uh, phone, and we were like, we could run with it, like we could just use that as like our wind song, and like it just kind of. It just flowed with it, and then every time you know we won it, we'd get cranked in the locker room, and it was it was just funny. It was just I don't know. It just kind of worked as like one of those songs that just kind of it just flowed with everything, and it was it was pretty cool, honestly. It was pretty funny. <laughs> and I loved it when I heard the song. I heard you guys celebrating to it at, at an earlier game in the season, and, and I couldn't believe that it actually existed. I had to look up the song. I could, I was thinking, is it about Hampton Roads? What is this? But we, I mean, we. We've loved kind of watching the story go through the Hampton Roads Whalers organization. Now we see it at the next level with the Utica Pioneers, and that's where I'm going to kick it over to Lucas Jones to kick off our Q&A session with Brandon Osmondson and John Monkovich as we talk Utica College, the Utica Pioneers, and an incredible season that ended with a 20-game win streak. Lucas, take it away. Thanks, Dan. Now to the Q&A session. You know, we, we've covered a lot of the Hampton Roads Whalers, and as Dan said, now we're going to get into a little bit of a Utica discussion here. The one thing that I, I think I'd like to start off with, especially since, you know, we have been kind of billing this podcast as a, as a resource for younger players, Oz, I want to start with you, and I want you to talk about the transition from juniors to college hockey. It, it's an intimidating experience, I think, for a lot of players who are about to embark on that journey. But even for younger players who know that, you know, a couple of years down the road, that will be them. So talk about that experience and what that was like for you. Um, Honestly, it was probably one of my best experiences, honestly, playing hockey, you know. It's definitely a bigger jump, I think, just from, you know, juniors to colleges because, you know, it's all competitive. You know, you only have, instead of playing juniors where you have 40 to 80 game schedule, you know, in certain leagues, you know, you only got 25 games in college. So, you know, every win matters in your point standings and you're trying to you're trying to do good for your school you know because you want to you want to win that conference championship for that school to represent something you know that you, we just earned a conference championship for a school that you know many people can't say they they can do so it's it's just all i think a lot more competitive overall just you know every game you have to be playing at your best or you can get you know you, you'll lose just because it's so competitive you know and uh monk i think i think same question to you i'd like to hear what your experience making that jump was like yeah, I mean, uh, it was a. I, mean, I loved it. it I had uh, some t- tough bounces at the start. You know, it was with my coach or with our coach, it was more of a detail-oriented game compared to juniors, and that was one of the biggest things. Is like just you know the littlest things, like being with your stick on the ice. And if you don't do that, and you have three 
go. And but one of the biggest, hardest things really is just you got to focus on school. That's like that's really important. You know, you, I mean, most schools have a 2.0 GPA to play, like the NCAA allows. But with us, we have to have a 3.0. So we have to be really sharp in that last thing. That's one of the hardest things. And if you can balance that out and find that easy balance, then it's just smooth sailing. After that, you just get in a routine. It's so much fun. Now, gentlemen, I look at the roster here when I look through the Utica squad, and it's why I was so bullish on this squad when we got to the beginning of the season, and I looked at the, the crew that Coach Hinnan had put together. And is it helped to have so many familiar faces, both friend and foe, whether it's guys from the Charlotte Rush, guys from, from the Anthony Osweiler side? Does it? How did it feel, I guess I'll start with you, Oz, how did it feel walking into camp day one and seeing faces that you knew from both sides of the ice? Um, honestly, it was, it was actually pretty cool and pretty funny because we, we all kind of clicked right away because we, we lived right next to each other. So we all were hanging out right away. And honestly, we literally just bonded right away. Like it was actually pretty cool because, you know, you go like when you battle Tyler Dillon, you know, Nicholas, Nicholas Azaguirre and Justin Allen, you know, and you guys are going up against each other for a full, or like for a full season, especially, you know, like two to three years ago and. I mean, that was between, it was either them or us, and it was, you know, a war every game we played each other, you know, and honestly, we just talk about the stories all the time of just, you know, playing against each other, and it was it was really cool, and it kind of actually made it easier to step in and just talking to guys just because you knew people, like I said, from both sides where you've played against, and then also, you know, having Regan there, Monk there, and then also Dixon's there too, and Vaden, you have guys, you know. Yeah, you, know, you weren't like on an island, you know. You you, ha- you knew people, on, like I said, everywhere. So it was pretty cool, honestly. And now, Monk, on your end of it, when when you you're going through this process for the players at home that are eventually are starting to work towards this process of of going to college, of going to the next level, of picking a, a program, what were some of the things that sold you on the Utica Pioneers? What what helped you make your decision, and how did you go about that process? Uh, well, it what really helped was Mr. Cavanaugh. He uh. He helped tremendously with talk, just talking it through with me, making sure it was the right fit. Because that's the biggest thing. It really, it doesn't matter what you go to, because if you if you go to the best school, but you're not, you know, it's not a good fit for you, you're not going to be happy. And that's the biggest thing. You want to be happy where you go. But I had to make sure it was the it was the best fit for me. And then uh, after seeing where they, you know, the odd is a huge, huge uh, thing that you know attracted me to Utica. We're lucky where we play, so that was huge. But then also just you know, coaching and he's an unbelievable coach. He always pushes you up the hill and makes sure he gets the best. He never takes, never lets you take your foot off the gas, you know, type of guy. And uh, him, and then also just the, you know, familiar faces, like you said, friendly info. It was, you know, it was just, it was good. I we knew like nine, ten guys already just going into the, going into the first day of camp, and it's like, just that helps out tremendously. You know, a guy from every class already. You already know a senior, so you know at least a senior has your back or something. You know, it's just that helped out, and yeah, it's just you got you to make sure you find the right fit for you. Yeah, you look at the USPHL Southeast, and I mean, this Utica team is built from the, I mean, I call it the Red Sox Yankees of the USPHL. When you look at the rush taking on the Whalers, you look at the the vitriol, the the shared respect and hatred between the two sides is something that I love to see take the ice each and every week. And, you know, can you guys talk, Oz, I'll start with, like, Playing in the USPHL Southeast, playing with that competition week in and week out, can you talk about how that helped you shape yourself as an athlete, as a hockey player, and, and how that helped drive you and propel you to the next level? Um, 
say just because everybody's good in that division. And every every team, honestly, like, anybody, honestly, that can come out of the USPHL, USPHL South can win the championship. I mean, you look at the past, what, or five, almost four to five years, it's all been USPHL South. And, any, and even, like, the elite division this year, I saw that there is Carolina was going up there. I mean, anybody can go up there just because it's so – everybody, it's so good now. And – I think that's what propelled me as a player was because, like I said, every weekend you're playing those tough games, so you don't really have a, a week weekend off. You know, you're you're grinding through, no matter if it's Carolina, Richmond, Charlotte, Atlanta. Like, I mean, those were games where if you weren't prepared, you could lose, and that's what kind of help you know makes you even a better team, I guess, going down the stretch too. Because when you're playing those tough games week in week out, you're more prepared for the, that playoff push. When you know every game matters, or even every shift, you know you can't take a shift off. So I think it, I think it propelled me actually a lot. I mean, I, I look at I look at the way you both play the game, and one of my favorite things watching you guys kind of develop as, as players, as as people on the ice and off the ice has been there's not an ego in it for both of you, and and there's been times where Mont, you've been the guy that's been been the point king Oz there's times where you're the point king and just watching you both the selflessness and the way you play the game the the measure of a player in my mind is not what they do personally but what those around them do and what those who are on the ice with them do and you look at your plus minus rating from this year and Oz you're at a plus 31 Mock you're at a plus 20 I mean Mock I'll start with you what what is what lays into that style that playing style for you two and, and why why is it so easy for you both to create for the other out there on the ice uh well one of the that's one of the biggest thing with the whalers uh with their like whole motto that perseverance commitment to excellence as their motto and they expect you to be a team guy and if you're not a team guy you're not going to work out so um just buying into that from from the start when we first started playing at like 16 uh, you know, the past five years, that's what we did. And then from there, we just, we already had so many guys in college who had the same motto as us or the same mentality. Even the rush guys, you know, they play the same way down there. And we just, we wanted to continue that. And we just, in the locker room and Utica is like that now. And we just always want to do that. We just always want to, you know, help each other out. If we help each other out, you're going to win championships. If, if, you're, if you're singling, you know, you want points, you want this, that's, you're not going to win a championship. You're just going to hurt your team in the long run and that's just not worth it you know there's 20 we probably have 25 other guys in the locker room from us and you know they, they want it just as bad as we do so why are we going to hurt them just to make ourselves look better you know it's a team game you go farther you're going to go if you go farther as a team you, you personally are going to go farther in your career and that's more important is you know winning a game not scoring a goal and that's absolutely what we have been floored with, with the way you guys play the game, the way you look at the game. And then, Oz, I look at you this season, and at the beginning of the year, I called it on the Dan K show that either yourself or Monk were going to lift the Rookie of the Year trophy in your conference. And not only, you didn't just do it there, you did it nationally as well. To a Rookie of the Year in the UCHC, Rookie of the Year voted by USCHO. And, and can you talk about the personal success this year what made you so successful leading the team in points in your freshman year with the Utica Pioneers? Um, honestly, I think I just play with, honestly, probably some of the best players I've ever played with, honestly. Like, it was, the game was so much fun, obviously, when you're playing with good players and, you know, being able, like, it just, it was, honestly, it was crazy. I, I would go back and look and be like, all right, is this the year that I had with 
this actually happen? And I was like, no way. And then just like kind of jumping in and I just had a good start. I was just, I felt really good in shape too coming in. So it was like, I was coming in prepared and I felt good. So I was able to get a good start. And once I had a good start, I had my confidence going. So when I was when you're playing with confidence too, that's a big factor. And then like I said, with my teammates too, it was, you know, having Monk there next to me too, that's kind of, that helped a lot. It helped tremendous actually, just because come down the stretch, like we look at the Wilkes game, you know, where game's close. It's like in the third period, I think it was what, five, three Monk or four, three? I want to say, I don't know. It was, I think it was like four, two. Close. I think it was four, two, both. Yeah, there was like it was like three two or four two, you know, coming down the stretch with ten minutes to go in the third period, and the game's going either way, and I, he's right there, right in front of it. I just luckily get it right to him. He just puts it top shelf and just rips it. Like one of the, it was honestly so sick, and it was like it was just that was honestly the coolest moment or one of my cooler moments of the season was just doing that in that big of a stage with Monk, just because where we came from, and you know, it was, it was just cool all around. And now, Monk, I, I, I go to you here. We talk about a huge moment like that. and we, With that, we have to mention the atmosphere playing up there in Utica in the Adirondack Bank Center uh, up there in Utica. Can you, can you talk a little bit about the, the playing atmosphere for a player when you guys get in the ice? What's it like? What's the school? How's the school embrace the team? And, and what's a player expect when they take the ice for the Utica Pioneers? Oh, man, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy, for real. Or this where you know Division Three college. It's it's uh it's yeah it's pretty surreal. It's um like the, the school embraces us tremendously. They love us. Um, faculty loves us. Uh, you know, students obviously come to the games, love us. But the town, the the city of Utica, the, the fans are they are amazing. They embrace us just as much as the school, if not more. I mean, I remember coming down during playoffs. They lit up the Utica office building, certain windows to make it use say UC. And you could you could see it from the like the freeway, and it was just you know like that was really cool to have. Like they they really impressed us, and that's tremendous. But the thing is, if you lose, they're gonna let you hear. Like you know, you yeah. know. So like <laughs> yeah, that's you can't lose there. Like I mean, I remember we had we had one bad weekend this week or this year. We were at home first semester, and we lost both games, Elmira or Lebanon then Elmira, and then we went to school the next week. And like I didn't even want to show my face. Like I like I. Contemplated not going to class on Monday. Like I didn't like. I was like, this is so embarrassing. And then ever since then, I was like, we can't. Like I was like, I can't, like we can't have that happen again. And yeah, we thank God we didn't. But yeah, it's like, you, you can't lose at home. It's 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 very important to play your best there for sure. That's that's where we. You know, no other school has what we have, so we got to make sure we take advantage of that. The the best thing about how used to winning you guys are. I mean, that wasn't even a, an 0-2 weekend. That was a 1-0-1 weekend. You guys got the tie against Lebanon Valley there. Looking back at the schedule, so, I mean, a tie's a loss up there is what it sounds like. It sounds like you go up to Utica, you better you better expect to, to bring your best every time out. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get a win. It's like you know when it comes down to the the selection for the NCAA, it's uh, they only care about your wins really and in your important losses. But if you get a tie, it's pretty much a loss. Same thing in playoffs in the USBHL. If you're going to Boston in the round robin, if you tie, you're pretty much screwed. So that's it. Yeah. Can't die. Lucas, I look at you now. I, I feel like I'm so excited about this interview that I'm jumping all over you. What, what do you got for the boys next? <laughs> well, no, I, I certainly uh, I certainly feel that mentality of you definitely can't tie because we've seen our fair share of of playoff tournaments, you know, around the country and in the USPHL where you know you get a couple of ties and all of a sudden you find yourself on that early bus home. So 
you know, you, you understand that mentality of, you know, you, especially when it comes down to crunch time, you got to win. Um, yeah. But, you know, Monk, you, you have kind of talked a little bit about that on-campus feel for uh, for your team and, and, you know, how you represent. And I want to slightly switch gears over to something for preparation, uh, you know, and, and the USPHL puts a, a huge onus on the players to keep their studies up, keep their grades up. You know, some teams in the USPHL even put SAT scores and GPAs on their line sheets for scouting purposes. Um, so talk a little bit about how playing in the USPHL helped you prepare for the educational part of playing at college because you're a college student and, and there's a, a degree in classes that come along with being a hockey player. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, the Whalers, they, it was very important to have a good GPA and a good ACT score. And if you didn't, if you already graduated high school before you got there um, and you didn't have the best GPA, that, that was okay, but you had to go take the SAT or the ACT again. You had to get a better score. Like, And if you didn't, there's, they would be up front. You'd be like, you're not going to get into this school. You're not going to get into this school. I don't know if you're going to make any D3 school because it's like, they were just up front with you and they, they told you, if you want to do this, you need a better score. You have to study. So they were they were hard on you. And even when you were in high school, um, like B did this for years, but uh, they had, they had all, I mean, you did online high school if you were there, but you, they had a program that you went to. Uh, it was like a tutoring center almost but for like uh, online students only and you went there and there was teachers and if you had any help they'd help you and you had to go for like a certain amount of time every day and they you know if you didn't go you, you know coach knew and that was also very important to have make sure you know that taught me at a young age you got to do your schoolwork you got you got to do all that stuff and then uh you know just transitioned into college getting making sure all my schoolwork's done on thursday nights so i don't have to worry about it when we play friday or saturday or when we're on the bus on sunday coming home or saturday night coming home or then once we're home Sunday on that rest day, I don't want to worry about doing the schoolwork. So just, you know, always get it done. So the the one other question, is, it's funny, Ozzy, you kind of jump in there and say, you know, it's it's easy to procrastinate. I mean, Dan and I were college students, and I'll be the first to tell you that, that there was – you're fighting against procrastination. It is the uh. – it's in hockey terms, it's the defenseman out of the corner of your eye that's, that's skating towards you at full speed. How do you How do you avoid procrastination – what are some of the things that you've picked up as a college student now that you might might be able to pass on to some younger players? Definitely don't procrastinate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, you know, just honestly, just getting it done because right, you got to have good grades to play. So if you're procrastinating and not getting your stuff done in time, you know, obviously that's going to hurt your grade, and ultimately that's not going to let you be able to play. So you know, your grades are important. So you got to obviously you cannot procrastinate but so much. But no, if I get if I get an assignment, you know, for three weeks ahead of me. I'm, I might be waiting for this last that last week to write it, but oh, I make sure I get it done. No, yeah. it gets done though, which is that's the goal, and I get a good grade. So, but no, definitely just making sure it gets on time, especially you know you don't want to be especially like finals. I know finals is like stressful because you know like the end of the what first semester, almost quarter way through your season, you're so playing. Yeah, so you're you're worrying about, you know, getting your final projects, your papers done, and, you know, you got big games coming up this weekend, maybe against a top conference opponent, you know, that you got to win. So it's, you know, just making sure, like I said, you just get your stuff done. And then, yeah, just jumping in from my end, I, I understand the, the procrastination. I mean, for me, it was uh, it was certainly a, uh, as Lucas talked about, we it was year after year. I kind of got a little better with it. I, I know my freshman year, it was uh, as a college baseball player. You didn't have to play till spring. You were working out in the fall, so you, 
you took your liberties, you enjoyed your first semester of freshman year, and then all of a sudden the world came crashing down on you when you realized you had 6 a.m. workouts and practices at 5 and all yeah. of a sudden i got to get a paper done. Hey, I'll get it done Don't Sunday afternoon. Time, you know? But uh, I definitely understand that portion of it. One thing uh, that B touched on when he said, like, you know, like about the procrastination, like the grades aren't, you know, good grades are important, but like if, if you get your work done and you never, you know, you don't have late assignments often or anything like that, and you're, you're out, like if you just go to class and you do the work and like you don't really have to put that much effort into it, like if you just do it, you're going to get a good enough grade to play and like you can like literally from that point on, coach isn't on your back about that. And that's one thing he doesn't have to worry about for you and that helps you out in the long run. And that's so huge. And, and it's so big. I mean, and when you have a coach that is, tapped into the educational side of things, you know you're in the right place too. And your parents certainly know you're in the right place as well. And your family knows as well because it's it's what it's all about when you get to that level. It's about taking the academics and, and kind of building yourself for the next level of life as well as the next level of hockey if that's the next step for you. Gentlemen, I want to turn here now and I want to talk a little bit about the obvious one-of-a-kind, once-in-a-lifetime end to this season and conclusion of this season. Utica College on a 20-game win streak, entering NCAAs, getting ready for a potential national championship run, and COVID-19 enters and, and puts a stop on, on everything worldwide, nationwide as well. And I know we've talked to some coaches from both the college ranks and the junior hockey ranks about this, but this is our first chance to really get into the players' mindset. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Oz, we'll start with you. When you guys find out that this is it, the season's over, can you talk about the locker room feel? What were the guys – what was the, what was the vibe between the guys at that point? Um, when did we find yeah, out? Huh? When did we find out? Well, it was on a Thursday. Yeah, it was a Thursday. We found out because I want to say, what, Tuesday was when – who's the basketball player that got got it? Um, uh, Rudy Gobert. Gobert. Yeah. I remember it was a Tuesday night. I saw it come on my phone, and I went to Jackie's room, Rakowski, and I was like, yo, man, I think our, you know, I'm kind of a little stressed about the season, like, because the NBA player just got it. You know, they just canceled all their games. Like, you know, it was in the back of my head already going through that week, and then, you know, you're still trying to stay in that same mindset as, you know, I don't. we weren't playing that weekend, actually. We had the bye week, so we were still practicing, though, and, you know, keeping that mindset as you're still playing. It was kind of... It was kind of a little, just like it just stuck in your back of your mind for a little bit. And then I remember Thursday when everything was starting to cancel and I was, I had three classes that day. So I was in class kind of all day on my phone, you know, scrolling on Twitter, seeing certain like the SEC basketball teams pulled their stuff, their conference tournament. And then I just want to kind of, I was like, geez. So then I called my dad that day because he was going to come up and watch one of the games. I was like, dad, I don't think, you know, we're going to be playing next week. And I think it might be obviously getting shut down. And then, we had a class later that day. It was like all the freshmen had the same class, so we were all in there together. And then we got the text like, as say, we were leaving class. Yeah, as we were leaving class, that everything had been canceled, and everybody was kind of just like, it was like, it just, it didn't really feel real at first. It was like, you know, there's no, it just didn't seem right, and we were all kind of just, we were down, but we all kind of got together and we just kind of hung out as a team. And that was that's kind of what I guess for me at least made it a little bit better is we were still able to hang out as a team and at least kind of be together at least one or two more times because, you know, after that with the season being done, 
guys are going to, with school being canceled too and going the rest of online, you know, guys are getting out of there, you know, next couple of days. So, you know, you want to spend, like for the seniors, that's what I felt really bad for, honestly, where our seniors, like, you know, just have your college career just stop just like that, especially on the run we had. Oh, I don't think, what, Utica's only been to the tournament, I think, once or twice. So, so it was... It was it was big for us to you know where we were at and obviously having the first seed we really we were feeling confident and like I said for those four seniors to just the careers just stop it was it was terrible I remember looking at my captain Fitzy and I was just like dude I'm so sorry like and it's, it it just was it felt brutal for a little bit honestly it was it was tough to get over just like I said with you know how we were playing and but no I'm I mean it makes me kind of excited though for what this year we have coming ahead with the team we have too, which is, which is kind of exciting as well. And I'll, I'll say it for you guys, I won't make you put anything in the press, but I, I think you guys were going to win a national title. I mean, I watched a few of those games up there and the level you were all playing at towards the end of that season, I mean, it, it was unprecedented at that, at that level. And I, I mean, I'd say the best team in the history is Utica college. And, and it's something for, for you gentlemen. I mean, it, it to see what happened with that roster, with that team, with the injection of two players like yourselves was something that obviously hockey players, uh, there's never that time where you, you toot your own horn, right? And you don't pat yourself on the back, but you two should be proud for that 100%. I mean, to watch the the change in that roster and, and taking it from already a great team to and possibly the best team in the country, it, it was so fun to watch. Monk, you heard Oz talk about this, this next year coming up. Can you kind of talk about what do you expect out of the Utica Pioneers when puck drops in the 2020-2021 season? I expect us to pick up, uh, you know, pick it up where it left off. You know, you got to look at the season positives. We're still on a 20-game win streak. We don't plan on uh, losing that. We don't want to stop that at 20. We want that to keep going. So, you know, we got to pick up where we left off. We're starting to get the national rank now with, with our selection in the tournament. So, Hopefully we'll have a high rank to start the season, and hopefully we'll stay there all year. That's our goal. You know, we didn't achieve what we completely what we wanted to this year, and now it's just a little chip on our shoulder, and it just makes us want it more next year. I love it. I love it. I can't wait. You guys are my early pick here. I think I think Utica. This roster is just getting better each and every year. I watch I watch Coach Keenan on the recruiting trail. This guy never sleeps, never stops. It's going to be a fun time up in Utica, the Adirondack Bank Center. We. Go to a final question here before we jump into Lucas's educational corner. I want to ask you each uh, a quick question here about advice for a lot of the young guys that watch this show. Maybe guys making that selection and going into junior hockey. Maybe the guys making their next selection and trying to figure out what college they'll attend. You got, Oz, I'll start with you. Do you have any advice, anything you wish you had known when you started your hockey career? Is there... Is there something you can maybe a, a word of wisdom you could provide some of the some of the guys at home? Um, honestly, I would just say just have fun with it, like just have fun with the sport and the game in itself, and see where it takes you. Honestly, that's what I've kind of I've just thought after the game was just have fun with it, like because I mean we're getting older by the day, you know. So eventually, you're not going to be able to play the sports you love, and one day that's going to come to an end, you know, no matter how how bad, you know, it hurts to see, you know, like, a, you know, you can't play hockey work at a competitive level, you know, and that's when it's the most fun is when you're playing at that competitive level and you're, you know, you have those cool moments where, you know, you're winning a championship with 20 guys, you know, and it's like a memory that you'll remember for the rest of your life, you know, like, 
you don't get some people don't get to see that or get that opportunity. And when you are able to cherish it, like that's that's the most fun in sports, I think. And so you just gotta play for the love of the game. You know, like that's that's the main thing. Because if you love the game and you can play, you know, there's nothing there's nothing that can really stop you because you love the game. You know, you don't you don't see you uh, like coming in effect like to where you don't want to play. Like you know, having fun with it's the most important part. Now, Mark, I'm going to ask the same thing to you. You got a chance to be had a little time to think about it. Do you have anything in mind that maybe you wish you knew? Maybe a, a word of advice or any type of wisdom for for some guys watching at home making their steps in their hockey career. Yeah, just just go where. I mean, obviously have fun, like you said, but just go, you know, where you think's the right fit. Doesn't matter if you're playing juniors, college, even travel, you know, or youth and, and AAA or whatever. If you got to go somewhere that fits for you and. Even if your role has to change for that, that's fine. But go what fits for you. Like if you, if you don't like the coach, you're not going to have fun. If you don't like half your team, you're, it's not going to. You know, you're not going to want. Like if you don't treat up like you're half your team, you're not going to want to play for half your team. You're not going to want to block that shot for half your team. Then it's just not. Don't be there. You're just hurting the team at that point. So like, just go where is the best fit for you. You go to that best fit, you're going to have so much fun. You're going to have the best time of your life. Love it. I mean, these guys. Keep at it. They keep dominating on and off the ice. The Monk Man, the Wizard of Osmondson. Don't go anywhere, gentlemen. Stay right there. Lucas is going to jump in with our educational corner this week with a little educational wisdom. And I'm going to tee you both up. Oz, Monk, you need to think about your parting words. As you both know, Lucas's parting words are very non-spoken, I'd say. But I'd like to know your parting words so you'll each have a chance at parting words at our closing after Lucas's educational corner. So think those up. Lucas, for now, take it away. Thanks, Dan. And, you know, last week's educational corner, I think, was was very practical, uh, very practical advice. So I, I think I'd like to skew just a bit in the other direction here. And it's something that I've heard a lot of my students talk about and you know we've heard our guests talk about it to an extent here and it's it's the desire of man it it all it all kind of stops so suddenly and i i wish i was back and i've actually heard a lot of my students say i miss school i miss being in a classroom with my friends i'm sure a lot of our hockey players miss being on a rink with their friends and so the one piece of advice that i would give to help not just your academics, but I, I think to improve the experience in general, is to be present where you are. And when we do get back to what the new normal will be and we're attending classes again and practices again, when you're in class, be focused on class. Put the phone down, focus on what the teacher is saying. When you're in practice, don't think about anything else besides practice. And I think the one thing that we hopefully should be realizing coming out of this is that when we are at a place with people, whether it is class or practice, or just hanging out with friends or teammates in between, we should try to be as present as possible to not just enjoy the experience more, but especially in terms of attending class, being present helps you retain more information. It makes studying easier. It makes working on those assignments easier. It allows you to retain more of what you learned. And the bottom line is, if you're going somewhere and you're not going to be present, then why did you go in the first place? Absolutely. Wow. Sage wisdom there, right, boys? I mean, that, wow. can, that can help you guys out, too. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Dang, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> the, guy, the guy knows what he's talking about. I mean, yeah. He's been, it. he's been through the educational side. Wow. I, I always tell the story on this show, guys, and don't don't follow in my footsteps, but 
I was told by my mom back in freshman year of high school that I, I was copying off of Lucas in French class. And I, uh, she told me, she goes, what do you think? You're going to be able to copy off Lucas the rest of your life. And I, I, proved, her, I proved her wrong. I could. I've made that happen. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Over a decade now. So that's where I'm at. Oh, well, Lucas, now I go to you. We'll start our parting words. We'll go Lucas, we'll go Oz, and then we'll go Monk, and then I will close this out. Lucas, your parting words. Wow. I'll tell you, the educational corner was good, but those words, Lucas. The sage advice of silence. Sometimes silence is the best answer. It's something I've never learned. But with that, I go to the man, the myth, the legend, Brandon Osmondson, the rookie of the year. <laughs> well, first I want to say thanks for having us on the show. It was definitely, definitely a blast for sure. Um, definitely, probably we should probably do it again sometime where we got to get the rush guys on too. We can have all of us get on, and we can have another podcast and. That'd be a good one too to get those guys on, so we could talk talk about the old rivalry days. But um, like I said, no, thanks for having us. It was definitely a blast, and definitely be in touch again, gentlemen. I am down for that anytime. We should get we should get as many Russian whalers guys as we can in here, and put them all on the Zoom call when Zoom wants to actually work. And what we could do is talk the rivalry and maybe put together some uh, some competitions via Zoom. <laughs> which, which team reigns supreme? We'll find some uh, some alumni that want to get involved. <laughs> now we go to uh, the Monk man, John Monkovich. This is a guy who collects more hardware and trophies than Thanos has stones. Let's go, John. Take it away. <laughs> uh, first off, I'm 100% down for that Zoom call. Uh, I think we could have some good conversations and some good laughs with the Rush boys for sure. Um, but yeah, thanks for having us. I you know, really appreciate it. It was a good time. Definitely need to do it again. Uh, you know, just, I hope anyone listening, you know, you enjoyed it. So I had, I know I had a good time. So yeah, just have, you know, have us again, please. That was fun. And, uh, stay golden. Oh, there we go. Stay golden. My <laughs> word today is going to be the word teamwork. Teamwork is the word today. I've had a few words actually throughout this thing. I'll use a quote from the Beatles themselves. I get by with a little help from my friends and, I think today's podcast shows you the junior hockey game. You know, at times you can feel on an island, you can feel like I have to put out my best. I can't be making others look good out there on the ice because I need to be the one seen by a scout or a college coach or that next step in my junior hockey career or my college career is is not going to happen if I'm not the guy. And if there's one thing that today's guest proved, it is that teamwork does, in fact, make the dream work. And there may be an I and win, but these guys do nothing but win. And they've done it together for over half a decade now. They'll continue to do it with the Utica College Pioneers. You see what John Mokovich and Brandon Osmondson have done. And this is a model, folks, that just shows, number one, the great work they do individually, the great work that they, they've had in their upbringing through the hockey ranks, and then the great work of Mr. Cavanaugh, Jonesy, Rod Taylor, who was coaching over the Hampton Roads Whalers Premier as they won their last cup there. And you see what the Hampton Roads Whalers organization is doing as well. And, and it's such an incredible, incredible thing to watch. Gentlemen, it has been so much fun talking to you today. It's been so much fun talking. The past, talking about baby Ken Griffey Jr. and some of the fun stuff when you guys were getting yeah. started in the junior hockey ranks. I know. Today. It's, I mean, it's, it's been great. 
That is so, that feels so long. That's like, what, five years ago, I think, now. You guys were a glimmer in Brad Jones's eyes. Jonesy was still like, hey, these guys are really good. They've got, oh. they're, they're almost there. They're right on the cusp of being great. And he's like, they're really good. And make sure you know, you guys are putting up 100 points a year. Are you sure Jonesy said that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one. I don't know. Come on, Jonesy. I'm going to come Jonesy up a little bit. He's the only guy to win a Coach of the Year award and a Broadcaster of the Year award. He did a both. Yes, okay, so yes. He is like a Doc Emmerich out, close to him. I mean, Doc <laughs> Emmerich's the best, but Jonesy, he can commentate a game, I will say. Yeah, he's a good commentator. Yeah. He does a heck of a job, man. He's, he's given me a run for my money multiple times. I used to oh, but you got him. Sure. You got him beat. <laughs> well, gentlemen, we thank you guys. I'm going to hold you to that Rush Whalers talk because it's a, that's the rivalry. That is my junior hockey rivalry of choice. So we'll start working on that. We'll let you know. We'll get the guys together and and we'll talk to you both soon. Absolutely. Hey, Sounds ladies good. and gents, when Dan Kay's on the mic, it is always hockey night. Continue to watch, and if you'd like to be a guest on the Dan Kay Show and like more information from the Dan Kay Show, you can reach out at www.dankayshow.com. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the underscore Dan Kay Show.